to the All Things Bama podcast powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for all Crimson Tide athletics. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Martin, joined on the Monday edition of the show with staff writer Joey Blackwell here to recap the SEC's regular season, including Alabama's dominant, very dominant 52-3 win over Arkansas and uh, Florida's, Florida's mishap, the shoe throwing against LSU. And the playoff race, Heisman, we're going to get into it all. Joey, how's it going, man? I'm doing all right, Tyler. Thank you for having me on this Monday morning and uh, looking forward to a very busy SEC championship week. Yeah, you know, it's going to be extremely busy, Joey, like you said. And on top of it, it's signing day coming up, man. The early signing period opens up on Wednesday. And Alabama expected to sign all 22 of its verbal commitments. No. They've still got some guys out there that they're looking to get, like Tumiche Adelaide, uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, Mason Smith. You know, it's just some other guys out there, right, who are, who are, who are signing on Wednesday that they don't know if they're going to get yet. But um, Alabama right now is expected to sign 22 guys, and then there's a couple guys that are waiting until February. But it's going to be a really good week for Alabama, Joey. And what, I'm, what I mean by this is, is, is the class Alabama is going to sign is really special, in my opinion. It's one of the best in the Nick Saban era in terms of – um, where I where I'm just kind of looking over, you know, position needs and how they fit everything and how they fit into the program, these guys. And then Alabama, right? Like we, we see Florida against LSU and they lose. And it looks like Alabama's going to steamroll against Florida in, in, in Atlanta. So, I mean, what a week. What a week for the first time ever signing day coinciding with the SEC championship and a weird 2020 that this week, I mean, this is going to be like a banner type week for the Crimson Tide. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be an incredible week. You know, and like you said, there's we got a really packed recruiting class coming in here. Uh, you know, you have a you have a plethora, you have four, you have a plethora of five stars on my list and J.C. Latham and Dallas Turner. You know, you got uh, does not forget Quincy McKinstry, Damon Payne, and Tommy Brockermeyer. It's going to be a loaded class coming in. Um, and you know what they always say at Alabama, they don't rebuild, they reload. And it looks like Nick Saban's got that coming up for him on Wednesday. In the SEC championship game, of course, Alabama should, um, should uh, hopefully win this game and we'll be seeing them in the playoff this year. But even if they can't pull it off, you know, it looks like Alabama will probably have some college football playoff, um, uh, have a college football playoff uh, appearance this year. Yeah, and, you know, go, just getting into this game, Joey, recapping the Arkansas game, uh, we were there, and it, it was fun time in Fayetteville, Alabama. I mean, it, w- it was a different kind of game than what they've played normally this season um, because of the way Arkansas defended Mac Jones, defended Devontae Smith. Alabama had to rely on the running game. Uh, six touchdowns, excuse me, six t- yeah, six touchdowns combined between all the running backs, Najee, Bryan, and Jace McClellan. Uh, you know, big big days for them all around. Devontae Smith getting a punt return touchdown, which was huge. Um, it was a game, in my opinion, Joey, that Alabama needed to, you know, kind of show how they could win in a different way rather than just Mac Jones beating you over the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, <clears throat> the, you know, the Alabama defense pulled through. You know, they held the Razorbacks to only 188 yards, which is very impressive. They've held Felipe Franks to only 90 yards. Um, so, And they had eight sacks between the two quarterbacks. Um, just a, overall, a very impressive effort by this defense and perfect time for them to for for them to finally get into the rhythm heading into Florida this weekend. Yeah. And Joe, you know, Florida on the flip side, do you think the game loses a little bit of its luster because Florida lost LSU because we had the LSU situation? I mean, wh- where do you think Florida's mindset is coming into this game 
after um, you know losing the way they did and it being such an egregious penalty? Well, Florida right now is probably trying to, if I'm a Florida player, I'm thinking, okay, let's try to salvage our season. Let's try to at least get an SC championship title. Um, you know, I do think the game does lose some of its luster because, of course, Florida was in a situation where, you know, if you win the SC championship, you're essentially guaranteed a spot in the playoff. <clears throat> now that's not now that's not the case because they dropped, I saw in the, in the coaches poll yesterday, they dropped to 11th. So even if they win, they're not going to rise high enough to be in the final four obviously um so it's 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 definitely lost its luster um but if i'm a player for florida or, or dan mullen i'm thinking let's try to salvage this season let's try to win this SC championship game let's try to hurt alabama a little bit and let's try to find our way into a new year's six bowl and we'll just have to see what happens yeah and one of the biggest storylines coming into this game and we're definitely going to do an in detail podcast with uh with, with florida all, all gator country Riders at good all later this week, but you know Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts missed the LSU game. He he he's going to suit up for against Alabama, and you know Dan Mullen kind of sat him out because um because you know he, he you know it, it, it kind of it was it was it was no it was said it as an injury right like they that's what they said but it was more so really just hey they're going to sit him out and try to win this LSU game without him that doesn't happen and now if you're Kyle Pitts. You know, I, I just wonder, is there any motivation to even play in this game, right? Because, you know, you, you know you're going to go top 10 in the NFL draft. And with all the opt-outs happening, you know, why would you want to play in this game? Well, I mean, you still got to represent your school. I mean, Kyle Pitts is really dedicated to Florida. I mean, he's going to play. Um, you know, even Dan Mullen announced yesterday that <clears throat> he's going to play this week. Um, it, it would make sense for him to opt out now that Florida doesn't have a chance in the playoff. But, I mean, if you can – Kyle Pitts can even improve his draft stock even more if he can perform very well um, against a top defense in Alabama and he and Kyle Trask can get business done. I mean, there are some some positives to him playing this weekend. Yeah, no, no, I, I get that. And I think that's where, that's where a lot of people, a lot of pundits where we're coming from, they're like, man, why should Kyle Pitts even play? But he is going to play, Joey. And one guy who might not play for Alabama is Christian Harris, a guy who Alabama's kind of moved out in space, who covers some of these running backs and tight ends like a Kyle Pitts um, in, in earlier in earlier games this season. And, and Alabama's defense has gotten better of late, right? But when it comes to stopping a Kyle Pitts, a guy who's like a Travis Kelsey, a guy who's like a Darren Waller, a guy that has this ability, uh, <clears throat> I think Alabama fans should be worried to some extent, right? Because Look at the last really good, really, really, really solid tight end offensive combos Alabama's had to play with, right? You go all the way back to week two against Texas A&M. Uh, nice winder for Texas A&M had a really good day. Uh, Alabama really couldn't stop him. And you look at the next week against Ole Miss, Kenny Yaboa drops 184 receiving yards on you and two touchdowns. And then, you know, from there it's kind of – you know, teetered off, I mean, some in terms of the competition Alabama's played at that position for the most part. So this is easily the best offense that Alabama's faced all season. Um, and and I, I think, too, is, is Alabama, like they did against Arkansas, they can't overlook Florida because Florida lost to LSU. And it's going to be just as important as it was last week not to be like, all right, these guys, you know, they lost to LSU. We, we can't overlook them. And, and, you know, we obviously can't you know, sit around and say, okay, we're just going to play a B-plus game. Alabama still needs to play an A-plus-plus game. Well, you know, I don't think Alabama's going to overlook Florida, and the reason I say that is because, you know, we talked about this on Saturday night when we were <clears throat> sitting there watching the Florida-LSU game. 
Um, you know, I was saying the difference between Alabama and Florida um, this past weekend was that Alabama did not overlook Arkansas. Florida clearly overlooked LSU, in my opinion. Now, that might not be the case, but from watching them on the field, it looked like their minds were already set on Alabama and not in the current moment. And look what happened. They lost. I don't think that, you know, Alabama had did not lose focus playing a team like Arkansas, a team that, you know, has, while they've had some close losses, while they're a solid team, they're not obviously a threat. And Florida did the exact opposite. Florida probably saw how bad Alabama beat LSU the week before and was thinking, oh, yeah, well, if Alabama can do that against them in their home, in their house, we'll be fine here in the swamp. And that just obviously wasn't the case. Um, now, that being said, props to Ed Orgeron and, and LSU for playing a very, a very solid game against, you know, the number five, oh, sorry, number six team in the country. But um, so I can't fully fault Florida for that win. It was a great effort by LSU. But um, I think the difference is, was, was that Florida overlooked LSU. Alabama didn't overlook Arkansas. And here we are. Alabama is definitely not looking past Florida is not underestimating them heading into Saturday. Yeah, I don't think they are either. I just, Joey, watching the Florida game and just seeing the two different mindsets of these teams, like, for example, Marco Wilson, the Florida defense back who threw the shoe, right, on the third down, it's fourth down now, and then you get a penalty, automatic first down for, for LSU, and it ends up being the game-winning drive. And then Alabama, on the flip side, they go into Fayetteville, and Nick Saban and company, guess what? They win their 98th, 98th straight game against an unranked foe. Joey, could you imagine an Alabama player doing that at all? Like, just throwing a shoe and getting a penalty. Like, could you, could you imagine that, right? Because you don't beat 98 straight unranked opponents doing that crap. But for Florida, right, they're trying to figure out how to handle success. They're trying to, you know, continue to build on something, which Dan Mullen has done a really good job down in Gainesville over the last few seasons. But but I just – I'm sitting there watching that game, and I'm like, it makes me really amazed at what Nick Saban has done in those games where it's playing unranked opponents, where you're just, you know, you're taking care of business essentially. And I, I just I, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, Malachi Moore, a freshman, going in there and throwing a shoe, right? I couldn't imagine Patrick Sertain doing that. I couldn't imagine any player – on the Crimson Tide doing that? No, absolutely not. I mean, if, if you saw an Alabama player doing that, the odds of them actually um, being allowed on the bus home are, are slim to none. <laughs> um, Saban's done a really good job, of course, over the past decade and a half um, of instilling a championship mentality um, in this in this program. And and guess what? Champions don't do that kind of stuff. You know, as 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 Bear Bryant used to say, you know, you got to act like you've been there. And um, while that was a big play, and I'm sure Wilson was caught up in the moment, obviously he didn't think he was going to get a penalty for that. He had to pay the consequences. So, Joey, Alabama, number one, Clemson and Notre Dame, they both had a bye. Notre Dame's two, Clemson's three, Ohio State four, and A&M still had five. A&M had a bye week. Um, I say a bye week. It was unfortunately a bye week due to their game with Ole Miss being postponed or canceled, essentially. Um they got Tennessee this weekend. How do you see this last week shaking up in terms of the playoff race? What's, you know, on this Monday morning of championship week, what's your best guess to what happens? And, you know, how do you, how do you think, how do you see things shaking out? And then I'll, 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 I'll give you my response. Well, Florida losing was the best thing to ever happen to Texas A&M. Um, now there's no threat from Florida to jump over them heading into the college football playoff. Um, of course, this weekend we have Ohio, we have uh, Ohio State playing their championship game. We have Alabama playing theirs against Florida, and of course, the big one we have Clemson playing Notre Dame. Now, if Notre Dame can beat Clemson again, 
Um, and, and Texas A&M can win this weekend. Um, Texas A&M is primed to slide into that four spot. And it looked like it, it looks like it could be, you know, an Alabama taking on Texas A&M again in a rematch and probably the Sugar Bowl. Um, I think that that's a high possibility. I think that Notre Dame could be Clemson. Now, that being said, of course, if things go as, as planned, um, if Clemson can, can uh, you know, take down Notre Dame, and I, I think Notre Dame only falls to four. I, I can't see after only one loss Notre Dame falling out of the top four. I mean, it could happen. Um, if it's a lopsided victory in favor of Clemson, it could happen. But if Clemson has beaten Notre Dame and Notre Dame has beaten Clemson, it wouldn't make sense to drop one of drop Notre Dame out of the top four. Um, I think Ohio State's going to handily win their championship game. I think they're going to make it to the Final Four, and of course, the same with Alabama. So, A and M, while Florida losing gives A and M uh, an even bigger leg up. Um, there's going to be no bigger Notre Dame fans in the world than Texas than the Aggies coming up this weekend. Yeah, um, I, I kind of see it shaking up similar, Joey. You know, to to me, it's like I, I'm still. I think. I think a lot of people are still a little agitated, and I think Dan Mullen mentioned this too after his uh, after the loss to Florida after the loss to LSU about how you know the ACC they had this weekend protected right like Notre Dame was supposed to play Wake Forest, Clemson was supposed to have its game with uh, Florida State. You know they they tried to work it out, get it rescheduled, and then basically the ACC just nixed it altogether and said, "Oh, we're not going to do that." And and Clemson didn't want to do that, and and so they protected them. And and by the ACC, the SEC not protecting its playoff contenders, guess what? You know Florida stumbles. Florida loses to LSU, and and that's why you play the games, right, Joey? That's that's why you know you suit up. In between the in between you know the the, the 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 playing field for for sixty minutes and you, you go after it because you just never know what happened you never know what ball's going to fall that way that day and um, for Florida it wasn't great and so they're out of it you know even winning against Alabama they're they're out of it in my opinion uh, I think on Tuesday we're going to see Iowa State bump up to six I think we really are going to see it which is really crazy to think about seeing them opening weekend lose to Louisiana Lafayette by seventeen but. I, I, this is okay. I'm going to give you what I think happens, and then what I'm going to tell you what I want to happen. I want the chaos scenario, right? I think the <laughs> chaos scenario, the chaos first, I'll tell you what would be insane to watch. The chaos scenario, Tennessee beats A&M, <laughs> Iowa State beats Oklahoma, Notre Dame beats Clemson, and we've got, we've got Alabama, Iowa State, Clemson, Ohio State. Those are the four teams. <laughs> Alabama, Ohio, Alabama, Iowa State in the playoff I think would be hilarious. Um, it, it, you know, props to Matt Campbell, what they've done. It's just crazy that they even have a pat. That's the chaos scenario. Or you think about that, like that's not even a shoe in for Iowa state because you have an undefeated coastal team. Let's see how far USC jumps, right? USC, if they win the Pac-12 championship on Friday against Washington, they could jolt up to that, that, that number six, number seven range and be in striking distance come this weekend. Right. Um, so who knows what happens in the fourth? I think it would go to Iowa State, even as a two-loss team in a Big 12 champion. I think it would go to them. That would be the ultimate chaos scenario. Um, but then the one that I think actually going to play out, um, I think Clemson's going to be Notre Dame. I, I think with Trevor Lawrence back there, I think this Clemson team is super motivated. I think they find a way because everyone's talking about how great Notre Dame's defense is. I've watched a lot of Notre Dame's defense. They still gave up. 40-plus to, to, to Clemson's backup, DJ Ungaleli. He's a really good player. And they were at home, right? And then they did what they, they gave what they gave it to Syracuse. Syracuse was able to run all, run all over them for the most part of the second half, even though the game was out of hand. But you watch that, and it's like Syracuse has a 75-yard run, a 60-yard run. I think this I, I think this, 
This Notre Dame defense is a little overrated, in my opinion. I think Clemson beats them. Ohio State wins. And and we're looking at an Alabama Notre Dame Sugar Bowl, and we're looking at a Clemson Ohio State Rose Bowl. Yeah, I think that's most likely what's going to happen. I, I I totally agree. Um, I <laughs> I do kind of want to root for the chaos scenario. I think Tennessee beating Texas A and M would be funny. But you know, going back to what you said at the at the beginning of that segment, you know, it's I understand Dan Mullen's frustration from the from the ACC basically preserving their two final teams and not playing their games. I understand that frustration directed at the ACC. However, you can't get frustrated with the SEC not doing the same. You signed up this season to play ten regular season games. You saw and then a conference championship. Um, no, it's, well, not, it's, it's not eleven games. I'm sorry, what? No, no, they had that. You know, you had, they had the ten conference games plus a one non-conference, so they were supposed to play eleven. No, no, no. I'm talking. I'm talking about the SEC. Um, I'm oh, the SEC. Yeah, you know, you, the, the SEC. You know, you signed up to play ten conference games, and then of course the SEC championship game. Um, you can't get mad at the SEC for wanting to complete your schedule. It's not like they threw another game at you at the last second and made it eleven games with the. With the you know, these are the games that you initially signed up to play. Therefore, you can't get frustrated when you're when you're playing the week before the S- the S- championship game. That's why they were given this bye week heading into the game, so that this so that they could make up games from the season. You know, it, <clears throat> just because Florida overlooked LSU and and got beaten in the swamp does not give you reasons to complain to the SEC about how things played out. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more, man. And guess what? Shout out to Greg Sankey. Shout out to that league office for getting it done right. If they play the games this weekend, and I, and, I, and I'm I'm hearing rumors that the Mississippi State game might be canceled. Um, if they miss out on that one, 69 of the 71 SEC games will have been played this year. And Joey, for a percentage wise, because I'm a numbers guy, that is a 97.2 percentage rate of games played. I mean, you would have told me that back in March, man, that we were going to play ninety-seven point two percent of the football games. Holy crap! I, I, I would have, I would have said you're you're drunk. You you need to be drug tested. We're not getting that in, but we're getting it in though. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been quite impressive, you know, especially after seeing all the struggles that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have had this year. Seeing, you know, the ACC and Big Twelve have also done a, a fairly um, great job, not quite to the caliber of the SEC, but they've also done a, a great job as well. Um, they can't say the same for the Big Twin Ten and the Pac-12, unfortunately. But they, of course, got a really late start compared to everybody else. Um, it, it's it, it does speak volumes to Greg Sankey and the SEC how well they've coordinated this season and how much thought actually went into it. Because when they first announced the the revised schedule, I was a little wary. You know, with each team only having one bye and there only being one week. Um, you know, between the season and the championship game to kind of make these games up. But having the addition of, okay, teams that aren't in the conference championship can play on the 19th, and then also not just postponing games to that date, but also rescheduling and shuffling the schedules of every team, it's really worked out well. And, of course, you can't argue with that 97%. (laughs) Joey, lastly, the Heisman race. Devontae Smith didn't – he only caught two passes against Arkansas, but guess what? He affected the game in a different area, special teams, had a big, big, big punt return for a touchdown. Matt Jones, a pedestrian game, you know, didn't have to do much, didn't turn the football over against Arkansas. And then Kyle Trask, you know, Florida, I mean, they have no running game. 
that he had three turnovers, two two picks, and a uh, and a fumble. And then you know you know his bad play kind of opens the door for Trevor Lawrence if he gets to sneak back in there. We'll see how he plays against Notre Dame, but. But man, you got to be thinking right now that it's going to be an Alabama player bringing home the uh, the hardwood or the, the hardware. <laughs> no, I agree. It's it's pretty much a two horse race in my opinion between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. As much as I respect Devontae Smith and think he is the greatest um, player in college football, his Heisman campaign got started really late in the season, um, despite him performing well all season, obviously. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's a two horse race between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. You know, Mac has only thrown three interceptions all season. He's been stellar. He has 30, just over 3,300 passing yards, 27 touchdowns. Now, Florida fans will, of course, point to that, you know, Kyle Trask has over 400 more passing yards. He has um, he has 13 more touchdowns. But, you know, Kyle Trask also has just under 100 more attempts than Mac Jones does. And, <clears throat> and on top of that, you know, you just have to sit and, you know, compare that to each other um when you have a solid running game like alabama does they don't have to throw the ball as often as they do um down in florida um i think mac jones is mike jones is my favorite to win the heisman right now you know and i think the bottom line is going to come down to this sec championship game this weekend if kyle if if uh um, kyle trask can outperform mac jones in this game and florida wins solidly against Alabama, then I think Kyle Trask moves back to that number one spot. But if things go like we think they're going to go and Mac Jones just goes off against Florida, because Florida's defense, while it is solid, um, it's it's, it's going to have some problems with this Alabama offense. Um, so in all honesty, this Heisman race could, could come down to the game this weekend. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, though. If, if Florida's the – I mean – I know, I know you're trying to be nice, Joey. I know, I know you're trying to be nice. Um, Florida's, I mean, Florida's defense has not just issues, or not just problems. They have systemic issues, schematic issues. I mean, we can go look at the LSU game. Uh, some of the play calls dialed up from Todd Grantham were not great. I mean, the corner blitz that gave up the 41-yard pass to, to Booty for the touchdown, um, that wasn't great. Um, you know, there's other – I mean, look about this. Bo Pelini's defense – who, guess what, gave up to 45 points to Missouri, 600 and some passing yards to Mississippi State. Alabama dropped half a hundred on them in the first half. And then, you know, Florida's offense really couldn't get much going against them. They, I mean, Bo Pelini's defense looked a lot better than Florida's defense at this point in the season. And that's that should not be said for how the LSU season has gone this year. Um, but, it, but it is. And, and I, I just think, you know, Alabama's offense is a machine. And when they're locked in, because I feel like in the Arkansas game, they, they were kind of sluggish to start just because of this, the situation, right? It's cold. It's wet. Yeah, the field is not very good. Um, you know, it's the last game. You're not really playing for anything in that per, in that game outside of, you know, your pride and having undefeated season. There was a lot of factors going against them. They zoned them out. And guess what? Now that they're locked in, and they're kind of hearing, hearing the chirping now from Florida because Dan Mullen used the game manager comment, and then I saw a lot of Florida players posting about Marco Wilson, the guy who threw the shoe, talking about he's going to lock up number six. Uh, you've got a long day coming, Marco, and uh, and it, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. And I just think Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, they have a day where, where they're going to torch this Florida secondary, and, and it's really going to be an exclamation point on a great season. No, I think so, too. And you're right. I, I, I was trying to be nice to Florida. I mean, they're, they've made it to that championship game, so obviously they got something going for them down in Gainesville. Um, but – 
Yeah, I, I just think that it's been a while since Alabama has faced a, a defense to the caliber of Florida's. Yes, while Florida's defense might not be the best in the SEC, they definitely have, have a leg up on some on some teams they faced recently because Alabama really hasn't faced a quality opponent in quite some time um, at this point in the season. Um, I think... Like I think Alabama will handle it relatively easily. I think LSU's defense, like you said, this past weekend played phenomenally, um, but that wasn't the same LSU defense that we saw the week before <laughs> against the Crimson Tide. So um, at least it didn't look like it. Um, so I mean, and, and, uh, that could just speak to the quality of Alabama's offense. But I think they just played a, a hell of a game this past weekend. But um, I I definitely think that this is really Max. Heisman Trophy to lose at this point. Yeah, Max, uh, Max moment um, is, is coming up, and I think it's going to happen on Saturday in Atlanta. Joey, thanks for hopping on here. Uh, it's going to be a busy week, and we're, we're looking forward to being on Bama Central a lot. You know, getting some coverage out there, and uh, and then ultimately covering the game, and, and you know, seeing if Alabama can secure a title, um, and you know, make sure it clinches its berth in the College Football Playoff. Absolutely, and uh, everybody, keep an eye out on Thursday. I'll have a big feature coming up uh, that will break down the play between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. I'll even throw a couple of charts in there and do some, do a solid comparison of the two heading into the S championship game. Looking forward to it and looking forward to the, the trip to you with to Atlanta. It's going to be fun, Joey. Well, I'm Tyler Martin. That's Joey Blackwell. And this has been the all things Bama podcast. <laughs>